Hello and welcome to the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast where we talk about all the challenging things that we're working to overcome like anxiety, obesity, health, and relationship issues. My name is Sarah. Today on the podcast, I wanted to do another book review. So in the past, I've done a few reviews of different personal development type books that I've been reading And today is no different. I am doing a review of Didn't See That Coming by Rachel Hollis. So a lot of you who listen know I am a fan of Rachel Hollis. I went to her uh, RISE conference in Toronto in March 2020, which was kind of like the last thing before the pandemic, really, that I did. And I've been following her books and then... um, in I believe it was May of 2020, she and her husband Dave announced that they were separating and so I know things have taken a bit of a different track. During the pandemic, she uh, wrote and published this new book, Didn't See That Coming. And the book is essentially a overview of grief, how to deal with grief, how she's dealt with grief, and then a way to move forward. So didn't see that coming, meaning, you know, something that has substantially happened in your life, changed in your life. And so Rachel's whole thing is that she has went through uh, what she calls different grieving periods a number of times in her life and felt that she had some tools and tips kind of to share with people. And I think when the pandemic hit, the idea was that she could start to help people as they came out of the self-isolation quarantine period. And um, was she was thinking ahead to the, the reemergence of um, kind of regular society, I suppose. But then I think she started to dig a little bit deeper and realized, yes, she has went through grief several times herself. Her brother um, died of suicide when she was a teenager, and there are a few other grief points. Um, I believe their adoption journey was another that she has referenced as well. So she refers to a lot of those stories within the book. And then, of course, I guess she had already submitted a draft of the book when her and her husband Dave decided to split up. And so she says then she kind of went back and infused some some even lessons from the very recent separation of her and her husband of I believe around 16 years I think they were married. So I was really excited to read this book because I've been through several hard things in my life and I sort of feel that I've definitely learned a lot of lessons, but I think um, or thought it would be really interesting to dig into this one as well. I also wanted to hear her stories and her lessons and, um, you know, what she was wanting to share about her separation with her husband. And all of those things. So I will say the book is a very quick read. It's pretty short. Um, The stories aren't super long that she does tell. And then she ends each chapter with a bit of a focus on 
things that helped me. So this is kind of a very similar style to Dave's book that was released in early 2020, Get Out of Your Own Way. He did the same kind of thing. He wrote his different stories and then at the end of each chapter kind of did a recap of sort of tangible things that helped him um, to move forward. So this this book is written in that same fashion and it does make it a really easy read because you kind of hear the intro. If the chapter speaks to you, then um, it moves right into those tangible things that that helped you portion. So I do like that format. I think it um, really makes it easy for people because then if you do want to go back after you've already read the book, you can kind of um, quickly go through those lessons and, and go from there. So like I said, there are a number of very powerful stories in the book, um, like her brother's death, like talking about her marriage. There are some repeats. So being that I have read a few of Rachel's books, I've listened to her podcasts, and then they used to do every day a morning podcast as well. So I felt like there were some repeats in terms of things that I've already heard. But if you are not somebody that is familiar with Rachel and some of her stories, it may seem very fresh to you. Um, but they also not only repeat stories, but Dave and Rachel tend to kind of repeat certain phrases. And a lot of this just goes with their branding in terms of um, they do their five to thrive habits. So a lot of times they'll sort of start with a story and then bring it back to, you know, why habits are so important and the five to thrive that they have, which are, you know, eliminating um, a food or a habit that's not serving you, drinking water, moving 30 minutes every day, uh, doing your gratitude each day. And the idea of waking up one hour early or finding an hour in your day that is for you to work on your goals. So they're also very, they're heavy on habits and they're also very heavy on goal setting. So as much as this book is about grief, it also does naturally then lead into those messages about habits and goal settings. So, um, you know, some of the stories, even though... This book uh, does talk a bit about the separation between Dave and Rachel. Uh, he is in some of the stories that she tells, um, despite the divorce. But um, interestingly enough, he's not mentioned in the acknowledgement section, which I found kind of surprising given that his name appears a few times in the book um, from different life events that they've went through. Like I said, she does reference the re divorce, but, um, you know, she talks about it in a way of she couldn't always be the fixer. So they, it's been a funny thing. They've been public about their separation, um, but then not. Like they, they haven't kind of um, fully explained it. So it was the same thing kind of in this book where she just makes a couple comments about um, her putting herself first and her making a decision that was for her kind of thing in terms of moving on from her marriage with Dave. And uh, but doesn't really, you know, fully do a deep dive into that by any means. Um, so then, like I said, they talk a lot about their habits and then also she talks about the visioning for the future and the goal setting, which is really 
all of the things that if you've been to a RISE conference, you've totally spent time on that visioning of the future. And certainly, even some of her Rachel Hollis or the former Rise podcast, she walks you through visioning. Her start today journal stuff is all about setting goals for the future. So that is all in this as well. I will say that some of the stories made me cry at the end of the book. She talks about um, her brother and when he died and just um, really vividly explains that. And, and it was really sad and... Um, definitely made me cry. And I don't remember crying during any of the other books like Girl Stop Apologizing or Girl Wash Your Face. So that was kind of unique to this one, I will say for sure. So I thought I would uh, spend a few minutes going through what parts of the book specifically spoke to me, things that I found interesting or new that um, I haven't heard before from Rachel. So one of them was up front around page 37. She talks about grief. And this really spoke to me because she talks about the fact that grief changes you. That, you know, there is a person and then they maybe are a certain way and then they go through grief and it is not the same after. So she says, this person knows even subconsciously that this identity is no longer who they really are, but they also don't want to upset anyone by speaking their truth. So she talks about that inner struggle of the crisis of self, she calls it, that you know you've changed because of something that you've been through, but it's very difficult. Either it's family that see you as a certain way or friends, and you don't want to let those people down. So it starts to become kind of an internal crisis of self that happens in the face of grief. And one thing they have talked about before is that, you know, people sometimes try to make you feel bad when you change and that they'll say, you know, in a negative way, you've changed. And she said it would be nice if the response was, thank you, I'm working on it. Because, um, you know, it's very challenging, especially if you're changing in the face of grief and that's kind of changed you forever. And I will say I definitely identify with this. There have been various um, events that I would call grief or tragic in my life that I am not the same person coming out of, that they just fundamentally changed either how I viewed the world or the way that I react to things or the way that I am just at a core, uh, that I'm not that person that I was, you know, when I was 18 years old or 25 even, or, you know, it just certain events have completely changed, changed me for sure. So I definitely identified with that. So the next part that I would say really spoke to me were in the chapter about identify the new you, still kind of first half of the book. She talks about things that helped her and one was speaking your truth every day. And I think that is always something that I'm striving to do that, um, you know, there are times where you just feel very conflicted on things, but you just always have to be yourself. And then the second one that I really liked was creating boundaries for yourself. So there was some advice in the book about her recently visiting her therapist and talking about how she knows when to set a boundary in her life with somebody. And the advice from the therapist was that whenever someone in your life is consistently doing something that upsets you, um, 
but then she doesn't want to comment on it because she thought that that would make her look selfish in order to admit that the person had hurt her. That was where she needed a boundary. So I thought that was really interesting because boundaries are something that's really difficult to do, especially in this day and age. And I would say it's a very difficult thing to do as a parent. Um, You've got your parents, you've got friends, you've got so many people doing different things. And and sometimes it does get to a point where there's a lot of opinions about how either you're doing things or everybody else is doing. And I think in today's society, there's a lot of judgment. So she's really encouraging people to think about boundaries and saying that we are allowed to state what we need without shame and without holding the recrimination of others. So I think that is a really powerful thing, that it's okay to say no to people, that you can be who you want to be, and you don't always have to then allow others to kind of come in and put their spin on what you should be doing, all of those shoulds that we hear a lot. So I did think that was really interesting and kind of something to think through in your own life about this advice about putting a boundary um, in, in place with certain people. And I like the focus there on the selfish piece um, because that's something that I've really struggled with is I always, I wasn't always the people pleaser growing up and I've always been kind of a more independent minded person. And sometimes that seems to be viewed as selfish or, um, you know, put in that box. And so I think I really, I really liked this part where it was talking a lot about just, you know, being who you are and feeling equipped to um, make decisions for yourself and to say no when you can't give to somebody. And that, that is a struggle. I mean, there are times where I think, oh, am I a bad person because I'm not volunteering to do this or I'm not, um, you know, taking this other thing on, you know, be it something at the kid's school or offering to take somebody somewhere. But at times, like you just, you can't give. Like there are times in your life where you just can't, can't give more. Um, and so I think I really liked this idea of creating those boundaries. The next part that spoke to me was in the chapter about showing up. She talks about being fanatical about managing your stress. And this is, again, where I say that she leads into her her typical conversation about habits. But she says that creating habits in your life to help you manage your everyday stress is very helpful during those days. But then when you're managing something even more drastic, those rituals serve you even more. So she's kind of talking about if you have those habits in every day, when you're going through something like grief, those are still going to be there and you're going to be able to really rely on them. And I liked that. So she talked about developing the daily habits, allowing you to have that calm time and space so that you don't take things out on your loved ones. So again, if you look at some of those habits that in their five to thrive, like taking an hour for yourself and things like that, it gets you into that position to take care of yourself. And so she talks about not just the five to thrive, 
but adds in, you know, taking supplements, getting lots of sleep, talking to your therapist, um, getting away from social media, all of those things that can really serve you. And I think I related to this because I do put a lot of of effort into managing my stress or anxiety, whatever you want to call it. And there have been periods in my life that like, for example, without my exercise habit, I don't know that I would have necessarily made it. And one was through the period where I was um, uncovering my son's pandas disorder uh, and kind of going through all of that. I still kept up with my exercise and that was kind of something that it was like I would not give up on it. And it became such a positive place for me and a place that gave me energy when I felt like, so much else was draining me in terms of frustration, um, you know, in getting his diagnosis and all of those things. And then also different work issues. There have been, again, times that, you know, you are really into it with work. And again, that exercise habit or healthy eating kind of serves you. And even the pandemic. I mean, one thing that I am proud of myself is that during this pandemic, I have been like exercising, moving my body every single day and making sure that no matter what, that movement's happening and and I'm putting that energy somewhere and hopefully that's helping me to show up better for my family. Another piece that I liked is a little bit later on into the book, she talks about resilience and she says, you know, you need to be honest with yourself about where you are at. That's one of her things that helped her, um, you know, knowing what you're going through at the time and checking in with yourself when you've gone through something and seeing is it turning you into someone better or someone that you don't want to become. So I think we can all think of examples of when you've seen somebody go through a hard time and they didn't come out of that really, you know, that it kind of turned them into someone that was either bitter or angry and never were able to bounce back from it. And I think that is something that is a good thing to watch out for, that sometimes you can get so deep into grief that you don't really come out. And then the other one that I liked was looking at your scars, not your open wounds. So she's suggesting that if you're in grief, your open wounds are kind of the things that are currently happening. But sometimes if you really want to learn um, lessons from your hardship, that it's better to kind of look back at the past and say, did that hardship from the past make me better in any way? Like, yes, it was hard, but, you know, am I more empathetic? Do I stick up for myself more? Like, and she gives a whole bunch of examples that um, could lead you into having either become more resilient or the person that you are now and things like that. So kind of reflecting on grief. And she tries to talk about learning from your grief. She's not saying that everything happens for a reason, but she is saying that there is, there are lessons in, in grief to learn and, um, and not to miss those. 
So as we get into the latter half of the book, closer to the end, she starts talking about the reimagining your future and making a conscious decision to rebuild, focusing on a new foundation. Um, she's like, you'll still feel sad, you'll cry for what you've lost, um, but you know, you're going to get through it and rebuild um, and then does make the comment that we've heard Dave say a few times as well, which is don't just rush right back into the life as it was, but first ask yourself what is worth bringing forward with you. And so that was something that the Hollis Company started to say kind of early in the pandemic when we all had to kind of give things up was, yeah, but what things maybe don't we want back? And it's maybe a good time to think about that. So I did like that reference again there about choosing um what what the future will look like for you so then she does talk about visioning as well which again is like i said something that um that they frequently talk about but she gives a few journal prompts to walk through and so i did like that so writing down your vision she says you know get a notebook and go through these prompts like making a list about the things that you love most about your life today and then if you could change anything about your life, what would it be? And kind of taking some time to reflect on those things, being honest with yourself and um, then choosing a few things to work on in the future. So then it goes into what are some of the great things that you've maybe given up on that that you had before your grief you know she talks about you visioning your best version of yourself and then she says what is not part of you now that maybe was before so you sort of had these things that you thought were making you great and now like what have you left behind what can you let go of and then even gets into choosing a thing you will stop doing and then choosing a goal that you want to achieve. And again, I know Rachel gets criticized a lot for constant like that driving of like got to pick a goal. And here she does qualify that like she's like the goal could be like being nicer to a family member or, you know, um, deciding that you're going to to just do something a little bit differently. It doesn't mean your goal is going to be writing a book or um, some like building a business. It could be very um very small scale, but something that will keep you moving forward that you're going to basically try at. So I, I thought that was good um, because, you know, you do need that reason to move forward. I think the big thing in her book is this idea, and, and then she does end with a story about her brother, but kind of this idea about not giving up and making sure that if you've kind of got something to strive for, then that helps you to not give up, right? Having that vision of the future. So like I said, initially, um, you know, the last chapter really made me cry. It was a story about her brother and when he passed away. And it's, it's a very powerful, powerful story. 
Uh, I'll leave I'll leave it at that but um, it definitely made me cry and the one thing I will say I so I did find like I said some repeats in the book I found it to overall be good it's a really quick read I can't see how it wouldn't help somebody that was struggling with grief but the one thing that I found really challenging was if you've went through multiple grief periods if you're kind of still holding those there wasn't really any advice about how to separate that. Like she did talk about the old scars versus your new open wounds, but sometimes those old wounds are still kind of open. So I wasn't really sure that that the book could work through multiple hardships, I guess. And so maybe that's that's when you look at therapy, but um you know, I think it was a start or maybe you would run the book through each one and try to to section things out and figure out you know what you learned from multiple events but I just I did I thought that because she had went through multiple periods of grief that it would kind of be in that light and it didn't really get that deep for me so um that's just the only thing I found I, the other thing I guess that I think it always is a challenge is so I purchased the book in hard copy, enjoyed it, easy read, but I always wish that you got a free audiobook when you purchased the actual written book because I'd love to listen to the audiobook uh, because, you know, it's always nice to hear the person narrating and also it's an easy way to kind of take in a second round instead of rereading the book, like take in that advice again. So. That's the only thing I would send out into the publishing world is that I totally wish when they offer the audiobook, if you've purchased the more expensive published version, I think you should just get that included. There are a few chapters right now, though, if you are interested that Rachel has up on her Rachel Hollis podcast. So if you go into that, there's a couple bonus podcasts that they've called them, and those are different chapters from the book, and it can kind of whet your appetite to some of the conversations and kind of some of the information that's going on in the book. You can get a bit of a lead in there. So that is my review of the newest Rachel Hollis book. Didn't see that coming. It is on the New York Times bestsellers list. And if you're interested based on this, go ahead and get yourself a copy. I am doing something a little bit different for the podcast this month. So I've been asking people to not only subscribe to the podcast, but to review if they're able to. And I thought maybe I could incent those reviews with a fun November giveaway. So I'm putting together an essential oils prize pack this month that I will give away if you subscribe to the podcast and then do a positive review. So once you've done your review of the podcast, podcast, just take a screenshot of that review and then DM it to me on Instagram. So it's at Sarah, S-A-R-A, Lady, L-A-D-Y-G-L-U-T-E-N, at Sarah Lady Gluten on Instagram. Send me a DM, show me the picture of the review, and then I will enter you into the contest. It's for November, so I will be doing the draw at the end of the month. And there will be an essential oil prize pack that I'll put together and I'll probably put a picture up on Instagram about what will be in it. And you'll be entered to win that and I will then ship that out to the person that wins at the end of the month. So good luck to everybody that enters and hopefully um, you'll win. 
So thanks a lot for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. Always keep in mind the podcast is not meant to be medical or professional advice in any way. Again, if you do enjoy this podcast, please consider subscribing or reviewing the podcast. And also you can follow me at Sarah, S-A-R-A, Lady Gluten, or visit my blog, www.theallergybeast.wordpress.com. Have a great week.